Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is the Reverend John St. Germain. Some would say the right Reverend John St. Germain, but not many people would say that. And uh, this is the Crystal Silence League Hour creeping up. Hey, happy Sawwain. Happy Halloween. It's the uh, October 29th. And um, gosh, episode 189. No, no, it's episode 190. I, I should know these things. I set the shows up. It's episode 190, isn't it? Ten, 10 away from uh, the legendary episode 200. What do we do after episode 200? I don't really know. I don't know what plans I have for the show. <clears throat> but we will continue. We'll continue. I think I will uh, restructure the show a little bit. But, hey, um, God, 190 shows. Wow. Mm, that's really something. It's a, it is what they call a landmark, isn't it? Um but tonight we will be talking about um, green phantom quartz, appropriate for the week of Halloween, eh? And uh, we'll be reading prayers, and we'll be talking about um, Trump. Um, it is a uh, Trump nineteen somehow or other. Um, the sun, and um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, First, let me tell you a little bit about the Crystal Silence League, if uh, this is your first time listening to the show. You may have thought you were dialing into uh, World Wrestling Federation tonight or the uh, uh, National Hockey League discussion, but uh, decided to hang around to see what this is all about. The Crystal Silence League was founded around 1917 by a fellow named Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of projecting positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need of such. And he did this through the agency of the crystal, a crystal ball. And he taught members of the Crystal Silence League how to do this for themselves, how to project and attract prosperity, love, happiness, health, with the agency of the crystal. And the League flourished. And when he passed into the silence about 1954, the League went with him. Until around 2009 or so, when adepts of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches brought it back to life on the internet, which is where it is now. And we now have a web presence at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And if you go there, you'll notice that we have a place where you can post prayers. You can post your prayer petitions, and many of us, including myself and my fellow pastors, pastors will pray for you. And all the league members, the dedicants of the Crystal Silence League, we believe that prayer 
does make a change in the world. Sometimes people do ask us, well, how come my prayer wasn't answered, but God answers all prayers. Sometimes the prayer is answered no, and sometimes the answer to the prayer is not now. Sometimes God says, my time, not your time. Sometimes we have to be patient, and that is the worst possible thing anyone has ever said to me is be patient. I hated that when I was a kid. I think my granddaughter takes after me, too. She hates to wait. We'll say, honey, you have to wait for that. She'll go, oh, it's the worst that sound. Oh, she'll go, oh, I hate that. I said, well, I do, too. I'm really sorry. But we have to wait sometimes, don't we? You can have everything. You just can't have it all right now. can't have it all at once. You cannot have it in a big pile. You have to lay it out in a line one at a time sometimes. Well, why don't we – I should tell – I want to tell you a ghost story. I think I will. Uh, I was thinking about this today. I was For some reason, I was telling someone about it. Did you ever hear of the Phantom Hitchhiker? The Phantom Hitchhiker? And I'll tell you my experience with uh, the Phantom Hitchhiker. I had a near miss with the Phantom Hitchhiker. Um, I first heard of the Phantom Hitchhiker when I was a small child. I heard about it on the news. It was reported here locally in Knoxville, Tennessee. Somebody picked up a phantom hitchhiker. And if you don't know what this is, I'm about to tell you. Um, what I heard on the news was um, several reports, actually, locally, where um, someone stopped and picked up a fellow, and he was a nondescript guy in an overcoat and a hat, middle-aged, middle to old age. Age was hard to determine. He had a very plain face, although it was careworn showing much life meant much experience the lines on his face reflected much travel and experience some wisdom and sorrow in equal measures engraving on his face and he got in the back seat of the car and uh, you know well where are you going he said I'm, I'm going in your direction you know just drive and i'll tell you you know when i can get off and he didn't talk much you know he avoided attempts at conversation you know they would the driver would try to be friendly and you know, he gave non-committal answers, usually like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then usually he would say something uh, in some of the stories around locally. He would say something like, Jesus is coming, um, you know, or something similar, and uh, or uh, here's where I get off. And when they would look in the rearview mirror, he would be gone from a moving car. He would just be gone. And the driver realized that he had been giving uh, a ride to a ghost. And the Phantom Hitchhiker stories go back hundreds of years. They go back to horse and carriage days. Um, and uh, we had several when I was a kid here in Knoxville. And to the point where they were on the news, people were calling the police and saying, I want to tell you what just happened. And I stopped and looked for this guy because uh, I thought maybe he – fell out of the car, uh, but uh, there, he was nowhere to be seen, and uh, people were very shaken, and, you know, of course, people laughed it off. They said, yeah, you know, what were you drinking, and I, you know, and uh, what were you on, but these phantom hitchhiker stories come up quite a bit, and probably if you look them up on the internet or something, you'd find a lot of them. I, I really haven't. I haven't researched them enough. I remember reading uh, books of um, ghost stories, and uh, apparently they go way back. Uh, my near miss with Phantom Hitchhiker, um, I was driving back from an out-of-town engagement. I used to travel around and do uh, demonstrations of hypnotism and uh, psychic phenomenon and uh, uh, speaking about spiritual matters uh, all over the country. And I was driving back one night, um, and uh, it was very foggy. And I saw an old chap walking on the side of the road in the fog, and uh, it was on a highway, and uh, I thought, oh, I should stop and give that guy a ride. And I stopped, and I backed up, which is kind of dangerous because this was a highway, and he was gone, and I couldn't find him. And I thought, well, that was very strange. And I continued driving, and the fog was so thick, I decided to pull off for the night, even though I was only maybe about an hour and a half away from home. And uh, 
I got a room at the Holiday Inn, and, and the next morning I woke up and uh, was drinking some coffee, and I saw in the news that there was a 21-car pileup about five miles from where I pulled. It was one of the biggest accidents on I-75, and uh, this was right outside of uh, uh, Dayton, Tennessee, and uh, it was uh, it was caused by the fog and wet weather conditions, and uh, so that was my near miss with the Phantom Hitchhiker. And um, it was uh, very unusual because I remember thinking, I said, that guy looked like my grandfather, and uh, um, which is why I was going to stop and pick him up to begin with. And um, it, it bothered me, in fact. I said, God, it looked like my grandfather. And I stopped and backed up, and he was gone off the road. So, you know, was he a spook? Was he a ghost? Was it my grandfather? I, I can't tell you. You know, was he just a random guy, and maybe he just walked off the side of the road into the woods? I don't know. I don't know, but um, it was my near miss with the Phantom Hitchhiker, and that was my that's my ghost story for you. I got lots of other ghost stories, though, but that was probably the creepiest one when uh, I pulled off the road and uh, missed the the big pileup. You can look that up about the 21 car pileup. It really happened. There were several fatalities and loss of injuries, and uh, it was pretty gruesome. Well, let's talk about Phantom Quartz. Uh, Phantoms in crystals occur when um, crystals are interrupted in their growth. Uh, you know, crystals grow. They start off small and they grow. And then they're interrupted. And um, then some other mineral gets involved in it. And then the crystals continue to grow. So you'll get what appears to be a uh, an entity or a ghost inside a crystal. So... Um, the uh, sometimes in a quartz that original mineral will get washed away or eroded away and you get a pure quartz crystal but sometimes that mineral stays as an inclusion and uh, you hold the crystal up to the light and you have some other mineral in there so um, uh, sometimes you'll have citrine uh, and uh, uh, sometimes you will get um, um, uh, chlorite, and if you get chlorite in quartz, it's uh, it's green phantom, and uh, these are considered uh, very good, uh, almost always very good. Uh, the green chlorite phantoms are earthy; they're very earthy. They connect you to earth, uh, very grounding, um, and they're considered good. Uh, all, all the uh, Phantoms are considered good for internal work, working on internal ish, issues. Uh, you know, they're amethyst uh, ghosts and uh, citrine ghosts, the chlorite ghosts. Um, and um, uh, a lot of times we have internal blockages, and these different phantoms are really good for growth. The, uh, uh, you know, as you imagine, the green ghosts are good for luck, right? Um good for things that may be keeping you from finding what it is that uh, uh, help you grow your talent, your career for money, for luck. Um, and um, so um, um, the, um, uh, since quartz is a universal energy transmitter and a universal healer, um, when you have the phantoms in there, they uh, piggyback that healing. So, um, the green um, um, phantoms are, are really good to work on those inner issues um, um, involving uh, the heart chakra, the uh, um, um, luck, money, grounding, connecting with the earth, um, and um, uh, create tremendous transformations. And... Um, so we, um, uh, uh, they're very good for uh, uh, healing yourself or uh, regeneration. Uh, they're good for uh, detoxing, like most of the stuff that you do with uh, earthy work. And um, uh, if you need to uh, discharge um, unhealthy emotions, uh, nothing works better than giving them to the earth, right? So, 
you, very good for balancing. Very good for balancing. Um, they, um, there are people who are involved in uh, environmental work. Uh, they use crystals for detoxing the planet. Um, you know, they'll they'll heal rivers and heal uh, polluted areas of the earth using crystals. Um, I, I've not done it. Uh, this is not the kind of work I've done with crystals, but I know people do, and they find the green phantoms are useful for this. They'll get large ones, you know, put them at the put them at the tops of rivers that have been polluted, and um, so this is part of what they use with them. Um, uh, you make uh, elixirs from them. And I suppose you could pour the elixirs into uh, polluted water. It's worth a try, I guess. Um, green phantoms, you know, phantom crystals are really uh, interesting to have. I have a whole bunch of them, different different colors, and uh, you know, I work with them occasionally, and they uh, they have a great deal of uh, the vibrations are uh, very interesting, certainly very interesting. Have any questions? Let me know. I'll be glad to talk to you about it. If you go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org and go to our prayer page, we get quite a few prayers. We get you know anywhere from 100 to 200 a week, depending on uh, our traffic. And uh, we have prayer ID numbers. You know, people give us their name, their email, pictures, and ID numbers. And I think most people just see the ID numbers. We're very anonymous there. And it's been my custom to read aloud um, prayers since the uh, inception of the Crystal Silence League. And I invite you to pray with me. We're going to read aloud some of these. And um, uh, just a sample, sampling of them. I can't read them all. I'd be reading 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because by the time I get through with some of them, we got 100 more, right? So let's uh, let's read a few. Um Let's start with prayer ID 87736, who is the mother of a family going through some health and financial issues, um, who um, I need to start at the bottom. Um, um, Because there's a whole bunch of them here. Um, Please pray for M, very sick baby, high fever, in critical care. Please pray. Thank you, and um, pray for it to work out perfectly for all, happy and strong, with good outcomes for everyone. Thank you very much, and pray for S of deep anxiety and depression. Have God God family to know what's best to help him if it's nutrition, what to give him. Please pray for peace and love feelings. Thank you. And let's go to prayer ID. We have a convoluted series of prayers. 87721, who says, Dear St. Jude, thank you for answering my prayers by lending me your favor. I greatly appreciate all you do for us. Love, amen, and hugs and kisses. And prayer ID 87720, who says, I'm having too many issues with my health insurance. Please pray that my medical disability claim and leave of absence are approved and that my health insurance expenses are covered by either my primary or secondary insurance. Thanks and amen. And prayer ID 87718, who says, I pray for an urgent financial blessings to receive full-time income and to receive the finances to purchase three tickets to travel to see my mother who is suffering from dementia. Amen. And prayer ID 87717, who says, I pray that we be protected from all hexes or generational curses during this urgent time in life and continue throughout protection for continued breakup spells then on me and my beloved. Amen. And prayer ID 87716, Hello, please pray that R.W. be miserable and that it in way, it weighs constantly on his mind, body, and soul about all the lies and childish behavior actions he has committed when we were together. May he never have a moment peace and tranquility for being a liar and a cheater 
that he be tortured spiritually, mentally, and physically throughout the rest of his days on this earth and realizes the lies and actions has caused pain. Thank you. Amen. And prayer ID 87715. Destruction from my manipulative, wicked mother-in-law. She has not stopped her evil ways to constantly destroy my marriage and abuse me and my children. I pray universe for her destruction as I can no longer bear her manipulation and neither can my children. I want rid of her from her lives. Amen. 87713. Pray for me. I have been having pain in left temple when I lay on left side for five days now. I have bad anxiety. Read things online and it makes me think I have all this yucky stuff. Please pray for me that this temple pain goes away soon and is something minor or something not serious at all, that I remain free from diseases, free from any serious conditions in all ways, that I go on to live a healthy long life and grow old with my husband and son, because I have my young son to care for, that I remain healthy. Amen. Quit reading stuff online. That will put ideas in your head. Prayer ID 87712. I pray for the money wrongfully taken from me by C is returned back to me within the next 24 hours. And prayer ID 87711. Dear Lord, I have a lot of debt from surgeries and a recent move cross country. Please help me attract new clients and a good new contract job that I will like for a long time so that I can pay off my debt and begin to save again. Amen. And prayer ID 87710, I ask the gods, guides, guardians, ancestors, and angels to watch over and protect and allow my first cousin, C, who is only 49 years old, to pass from this life peacefully. Be with his friends and family in their time of sorrow. Uplift them and give them strength. Amen. Prayer ID 87709, please help. With my health, finances, and relationships, please pray they get better. Thank you. And prayer ID 87708, who prays for forgiveness, please forgive me, St. Espedee, for any way I've angered you. Please forgive me, Mercury, great Hermes, for I'm sorry. Please forgive me, all spirits, for any wrongdoing. Open roads, I will continue to be humble and speak your greatness to the world. Amen. Prayer ID 87707, who prays, Hosanna, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish upon us the work of our hands, yea, the work of our hands. Establish thou it, Hosanna. Psalm 90. Amen. In Selah. Prayer ID 87706. Currently despairs the core of my existence, and desertion has become my haven. Motherless, fatherless, and childless, I desire immensely to be loved. The love I perceive from a person I adore is perhaps not genuine, and I am left to question why God does not permit me to experience an unconditional love from a mate. Played with fear, for I do not want to continue to be in a world saturated with love and be unloved. I'd rather not live. Please grant me unconditional love from a mate. Amen. And prayer ID 87705. I want N to let go of her hurt and anger towards me. I want her and I to be at peace with one another again. I would like her to apologize for hurting me and for her to accept my apology for ever hurting her. And one more. Prayer ID 87704. Please pray for my nephew, who is now addicted to drugs at such a young age, and the peace reign in his family's home. And let's have a moment of silence for all those in need of prayer and affirmation and comfort.
Amen. Well, tonight we're talking about Trump 19, the sun. I think last time we talked about the moon. And uh, we go from night to day. And uh, on the surface of it, the sun is a very happy card. Uh, We see a radiating sun, usually with a uh, stylized face looking at us. Sometimes the face is happy, and sometimes the face seems neutral. Uh, In most of the uh, tarot cards I've seen, the face is more or less neutral. And uh, upon a, a horse or a mule is a uh, a rider on the rider weight smith deck we see uh, a naked child on some decks we'll see a cavalier and uh, on uh, some tarot cards such as the uh, uh, oswald worth deck you'll see a couple an adult couple holding hands as if being married but perhaps adam and eve themselves a primordial couple but we're talking about the rider weight smith deck and we see a child riding from a garden. There's a walled garden with sunflowers, and the sunflowers themselves are significant. The child has flowers in uh, his or her hair. I tend to think that's a little girl. And uh, there's a red banner. And uh, we we don't know if the red banner is uh, being waved or if the child is riding through banner. Uh, I tend to think the ba- the red banner is significant. We we do see a banner in many of the cards. The Tower of Marseille, the Cavalier is waving a flag. So the flag is significant. And we'll go into these elements first. But I want to talk to you first about the sun itself as an item of religious significance. The, uh, the sun deity, uh, the idea of a sun deity, the worship of a sun deity goes back as far as as history itself, the uh, the earliest uh, history that we know of has civilization, mankind worshiping a sun deity of some kind, a sky deity who represents the sun turns up uh, in virtually every civilization. Uh, solar deities and sun gods and sun goddesses and sun worship can found can be found throughout pretty much most of recorded history in pretty much every civilization. Um, um, if you start in um, uh, Af- Africa, our oldest recorded civilization, um, we find a supreme being uh, known as a Wando, and the moon was a Wando's daughter. Um, the, uh, the sun was the... Uh, the sun was the male child of a Wando, and the moon was a Wando's daughter. Uh, so, the sun was the uh, the home of the sky god uh, Naomi, and the moon was his wife. So, um, um, the uh, if you move up to Egypt now, we have an entire uh, panoply of sun gods and goddesses. Uh, the Egyptian god of creation, uh, Amun, was also believed to reside inside the sun. Um, in Egypt, there was an entire religion that worshipped the sun directly, uh, including the first monotheistic religion, uh, Otanism. So uh, as you follow the uh, development of Egyptian religion, <clears throat> the earliest deities associated with the sun were all goddesses. There was Wajet, Sekhmet. Hathor, Newt, Bost, Bat, and uh, Manhit. Um, and um, it's not my intention to uh, uh, discuss uh, in-depth Egyptian religion, but um, uh, <laughs> but sun worship throughout Egypt was very prevalent. Um, um Throughout the uh, dynasties of Egypt, uh, 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 a deity uh, named Raya 
which translated means the sun, uh, portrayed as a falcon-headed god surmounted by a solar disk, um, um, turns out to be the god that the god that gives warmth to the living beings, and was symbolized by an ankh. And everybody knows what an ankh is. Uh, it's a T-shaped amulet with a uplooped upper half. Um, and the Ankh was believed to be uh, surrendered at death, but it could be preserved within the corpse with the, the appropriate uh, uh, rites and rituals, right? Um, which, uh, you know, if you were mummified properly and uh, your uh, organs were preserved properly, the Ankh was preserved within you. And um, so uh, this um, uh, this idea that the sun was the giver of life was predominant. Um, if you go down and look at the Aztec uh, mythology, uh, uh, Tonatui, which means uh, the moving sun, was the sun god, and he was considered the ruler of heaven. And uh, apparently there were several sun gods before him. He was the fifth sun god. They they were a dynasty. Um, there were uh, world cycles, like you find in Buddhism. Uh, each world cycle had its own sun god. And um, according to the Aztec creation myth, uh, this particular sun god demanded human sacrifice as a tribute. And without it, the it, the sun would refuse to move through the sky, and um, the Aztecs studied the sun very carefully and had a solar calendar similar to the Mayan calendar. You hear a lot about the Mayan calendar, but you don't hear a lot about the Aztec calendar. Um, and um, so uh, there you have it. The um, there was uh, a sun deity, and um, uh, there was an Arab sun deity, but uh, he was demolished by Muhammad, and um, the sun deity was a goddess, was a female, abolished by Muhammad. Buddhism, uh, Mahayana Buddhism, it's important to separate Mahayana Buddhism from Theravada Buddhism, but Mahayana Buddhism has a sun bodhisattva uh, known as uh, Surya Prabha, which means uh, uh, sunlight, the bodhisattva is sunlight. Uh, Surya Prabha, and uh, this is the Bodhisattva of Sun of the Sun, and uh, uh, often uh, uh, seen in Mahayana uh, Buddhist countries and in China. And there are divas uh, in Buddhism who are uh, associated with the sun and the moon. They're the uh, divas are like angels, kind of like angels in Buddhism. Um, uh, in Celtic religions, um, um, the sun is uh, a, a goddess, and um, there are um, uh, names. The I'm looking at my notes. It, it's tremendous the number of goddesses and gods associated with the sun. Uh, um, uh, in Ireland, the name of the sun is feminine. It's a, a grain, um, and um, the, uh, apparently, uh, the figure known as Anne Anne is the summer sun, and grain was the winter sun. Um, and um, um, then, um, then there's uh, in the British Isles, uh, Sulis. Um, is related to Helios, the Greek Helios, and the, the Indian Surya, all of which are sun goddesses. Um, well, the Welsh have uh, uh, a goddess, Olwen, who is a sun goddess, and Bridget, who is a sun goddess. If you go uh, into India, um, um, there's uh, Sun gods, Surya, um, and um, Christianity has some very interesting things. Yes, there is sun worship in Christianity. 
according to many scholars and one hypothesis about Christmas, which is backed up by lots of scholarly research, Christmas was set around set to 25 December because it was the date of the festival of the Sol Invictus. And it connects, more speculation connects the biblical elements of Christ's life to those of a sun god. The Christian Gospels uh, tell us that, that Jesus had 12 followers, which is said to be the 12 zodiac constellations. When the sun was in the house of Scorpio, Judas plotted, right, uh, to arrest Jesus by kissing him. It's said that as the sun enters, exited Libra, it enters into the, it enters into Scorpio to be kissed by Scorpio's bite. Many, many, many of, um, of the heroes of old had their traditional birthdays on December 25th. It, it was believed during that time that the sun god would disappear or die for three days and would be reborn on December 25th. You find this in many, many of the world's mythologies. And after December 25th, the sun moves one degree north which brings longer days, and the three days following December 21st remain the darkest days of the year, where Jesus, as the avatar of the sun, would die and remain unseen for three days. So at the beginning of the first century, it said, the sun on the vernal equinox passes from Aries to Pisces between the years 1 AD to 2150 AD, which uh, synchronizes with the lamb and fish in the Gospels. So the man carrying the pitcher of water, which is mentioned in Luke 22, verse 10, is Aquarius, the water bearer, which is always portrayed in um, every, every age as a man pouring a pitcher of water, and he represents the age after Pisces. And when the sun leaves the age of Pisces, which is Jesus, represented by a fish, right, it goes into the house of Aquarius. And by the son of righteousness, S-U-N, by the way, the son of righteousness in Malachi, four, Malachi 4, chapter 2, the fathers from Justin downward and nearly all the earlier commentators understand Christ, who is supposed to be described as the rising sun. The New Testament itself contains a fragment that says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And it said, it was written that the son of the resurrection, he who was born before the dawn, whose beams give light. Now, in many of the old Christian writings, um, um, around the uh, second century after the death of Christ, there is a festival of Natalis Invicti on December 25th. It was said this festival was celebrated before the 4th century, and uh, the charioteer uh, in a very old mosaic uh, found in uh, a mausoleum has been interpreted uh, as Christ, not Apollo, but Christ. Um, and it said that this is Christ, not Apollo, driving his chariot across the sky. And the reason is there's a cross on it. The figure is seen by some as an interpretation of the sun, but why is there a cross on it? So the idea that Christians chose to celebrate the birth of Jesus on the, on the 25th of December because this was the date of an already existing festival of the sun, the Sol Invictus, um, has been uh, put forth by many, many scholars. Uh, presumably when the uh, founders of the church perceived that the Christians had a leaning <laughs> and, a, and a fondness of the festival, 
they took counsel and resolved that the true nativity should be solemnized on that day, even though there was evidence Jesus was really born in March. Because it was a traditional Jewish belief that um, uh, since great men lived a whole number of years without fractions, Jesus was considered to have been conceived on the 25th of March, and he died on the 25th of March. So there you go. Uh, <clears throat> the same point has been made by many, many people. Uh, it's not some heresy I just came up with. So Christians adopted the image of the sun uh, uh, during the Greek, the Greek era when uh, the Bible was codified. Uh, uh, Helios or the Saul Invictus to represent Christ. And in that portrayal, he's a beardless figure with a flowing cloak and a chariot drawn by four white horses, which you find in, the, in many mosaics, um, like the one discovered under St. Peter's Basilica and in some er early 4th century catacombs. It's enough to give you some pause. Now, going from there, how are we doing on time here? I talk a lot. Oh, my goodness, we're running low on time. I haven't gotten to the card. So going from there to our Rider Waite card, we have the image of the sun, a uh, child riding a pale horse through a garden. Is this the Christ child? I tend to think maybe it is, um, that what we're seeing is the purity of Christ, the Christness, not necessarily the human Jesus, but the purity of Christ's love. I tend to think that when we see the sun card, what we're looking at is the purity of our own soul. I want to drop that on you while we go to station identification. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Ollie. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com. I'm going to buttress my argument. Do you know what sunflowers mean? Well, there's an old Greek myth. There's a lot of Greek Greek stuff in here about a uh, a nymph um, who fell in love with Apollo um, and uh, the sun, right? So, um, and that nymph was uh, oh my God, I'm going to have to. Uh, Clyde, her name was Clyde, Apollo and Clyde. She fell in love with Apollo. And apparently she was uh, a bit of a, she was a water nymph and she was a bit of a stalker. You know, she was uh, kind of a stalker. Uh, and uh, she was the daughter of Oceanus. And uh, she uh, got kind of creepy and stalkery with Apollo. And uh, he loved her at first, but then she kind of creeped him out. So he dropped her. And he uh, abandoned her for this uh, this other um, um, nymph uh, named uh, uh, Leucothoe and uh, started hanging out with her. Well, uh, Claudia was so distraught by this and angered that she went to Leucothoe's father, uh, Orchimus, and told him about it you know she dimed, dimed her out well since uh, Apollo or Helios had defiled his daughter Orchimus had uh, Leucothoe put to death by burying her alive in the sands of the desert now you know she was a mermaid right she was a water nymph so uh, being buried under hot sands uh, was a pretty gruesome death and uh, kind of a mean thing to do to your daughter. Uh, and he had to wonder about that. He uh, 
he was so um, distraught that his daughter had been defiled by the sun god that he buried her alive in the desert. So uh, Clytie's intention was to win Apollo, you know, Phoebus Apollo, Helios, the sun god, back, right, by taking away his uh, new love. But all this did was uh, uh, disgust and uh, appall Apollo. So he hardened his heart against her. So Clytie stripped herself naked and sat without food or drink for nine days on the, on the rocks by the water, staring at the sun following him back and forth across the sky um, until after nine days, she turned into this uh, plant called the uh, turnsole, which is also known as heliotrope because it grows on sunny, rocky hillsides. And it's known because it turns its face and follows the sun. Now, in over time, it became known as the sunflower, which According to folklore, the sunflower always turns its face and follows the sun. And uh, according to Wikipedia, by the way, that's folklore. Sunflowers don't do it. But that is a damnable lie. I had these giant sunflowers that grew outside my apartment, and they do turn to follow the sun. I've watched them do it. Wikipedia doesn't ever tell you the truth. Uh, uh, I had these giant, they were like 15-foot tall sunflowers with huge discs. And as and they would uh, turn their faces to follow the sun. I, I thought these things were going to pull their roots up and walk around. They were freakishly large. It was because I grew them over uh, what was a, uh, a septic field, and uh, they drove their roots down into that stuff, and they grew huge. Oh, my God, they grew fast and huge, and they terrified me. Uh, so sunflowers are a symbol of love and devotion and loyalty. They follow the sun. So what we see in the uh, Rider-Waite-Smith card is pure, unconditional love. After the horror of the moon, after the purging of all the weird stuff, the baggage that we pick up, the, the stuff that keeps us from loving unconditionally like a child, um, that stuff gets left behind, we see the radiance of enlightenment. And enlightenment is pretty much the same in every culture. It's a burst of sunlight that clears away the darkness. All the shadows are gone. And we see nothing but pure joy, uh, unconditional love, uh, the, the Christness. And if you take away all the weird baggage that's been associated with Jesus, what you have is, uh, you know, the pure unconditional love of the Christ energy, not this weird stuff that uh, has been tacked onto it by the uh, organized church um, uh, to uh, understand the unconditional Christ love. It's the white light of God and uh, the God nature made manifest. So this is what we see with this child riding the horse. And, you know, it said in the Bible, you know, he'll come, you know, Jesus came in riding a white donkey, right? Um, and uh, this is what we see here. That's not a horse. That's a donkey. Look at his face. That's a donkey. And uh, so this is Christ riding in. This is your soul, the Christness that we all have, the divinity within us all. Um, so when I see in divination, someone says, oh, look, something happy is going to happen to you. Oh, no, gosh, no. This is this is uh, revelation. This is um, enlightenment. This is the purging of sadness, uh, the purging of preconceived notions, uh, all that crap that you hold in you that's holding you back from true knowledge and enlightenment. Um, is that child leaving Eden? Well, you know, Eden was more than, um, uh, you know, we think of it as paradise, but wasn't it also a prison? Adam and Eve were in their ignorance. They didn't have knowledge when they, when they ate the fruit. The forbidden fruit was knowledge, remember? It was self-awareness. Um, that was the, the sin. They became aware that they, of, that they were naked. They became aware of themselves. And um, then they were they cast out of Eden or did they leave? Uh, uh, you know, so they left Eden. They, they, they were on the outside now, on their own. And um, so... What we see is a uh, um, 
you know, this child, I think, has flung off his uh, robe. That's what the red robe is. He flung it off, and he's naked. You know, he, he doesn't need clothes. You know, it's like, here I am. I'm naked. And, uh, uh, you know, who needs clothes when you're completely free? This is, this is utter freedom to uh, love without uh, hiding yourself. No more, no more disguises. This is me. You know, this is, this is who I am. This is me. And that kind of freedom doesn't occur to many people very often. And this is a flash. It's a revelation. Uh, it's a moment. And these moments may not last. This is a, a, a flash. Uh, in the morning of the magicians, they call it an aleph, a moment of pure realization when everything makes sense. It's like a flashbulb going off when everything is clear, everything is defined starkly, and everything makes sense. And in uh, uh, Zen Buddhism, they call it a kensho. It's a taste. It's a taste of enlightenment. Uh, it's not real enlightenment. You know, it's not the full thing, but it's a taste. It's a moment where you go, wow, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I got it. And then you spend years trying to make sense of it. Um, it's uh, it's that ray of sunlight. Uh, you know, you're, you're sitting in a dark room and the clouds part and there's a ray of sunlight that comes in the room. And uh, it, may, it may land on an object on the table and you can see that object utterly clearly and you know everything about it. That's what this card represents, that moment of clear, pure understanding. And if you have that pure understanding of anything, you love it. it. You love it. You don't judge it. You don't try to um, uh, make any kind of uh, understanding of it. You just love it. And if you love it, you don't have to understand it. You know it. So that's what I think this card means. Um, yeah, you can say, oh, look, it's the happiest card in the deck. There's, and it is. There's very few things happier than a naked child on the back of a horse with the sun shining and sunflowers, you know, that, that, that sometimes is enough. You say, Oh, look, you know, you know, sometimes that's what someone needs to hear. You know, you just look at them and they're so burdened, you know, the burden of their heart uh, has become unbearable. And you throw that down and say, Oh, look, you know, look at, that's the happiest card in the deck. There's very things happier than a naked child on a horse um, in a field of sunflowers with the sun shining. You know, that, that, that's you. you know, that's what's going to happen to you really soon. That's all you need to say. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't need to tell them that, you know, your life is going to burst open with pure understanding and uh, you're going to know yourself. You know, it's all going to come to you. But then again, you know, here's somebody who's, uh, you know, 50. They've reached a certain point on the road and uh, you say, you know, that answer you're looking for, you know, it's a hair away. You know, you're one hair away from it. And, uh, um, you know, that you're going to let go, you know, in the pursuit of knowledge, every day something is picked up in the pursuit of enlightenment, every day something is put down, you know, and uh, you're about to put down the last thing, about to let go of the last thing. And when you do, um, the sun's going to come out, you know, the, the light's going to shine. The light's going to come on, and you're going to go, hmm, aha. You know, and you're just going to, you know, your soul's just going to take flight. You know, your soul's going to take wing, and uh, you'll know. You won't be asking anybody anything. You'll know. And I think that's what this card means. You know, you throw the robe off. You uh, you get on the white mule, and, of course, that's no earthly creature. You know, that's not an earthly creature. That's spirit. You know, that's, that's spirit. And, um, you know, that's, that's no earthly pony, or no earthly mule. You know, the sunflowers follow the sun. They are not earthly plants. And um, when is the last time you saw a sun with a face on it? You know, that that's a deity, right? Um, everything in that picture is... Uh, What's that wall? You know, what's behind that wall? 
you know, these are questions we have to ask. There's nothing there by accident. Why is it number 19, you know, nine, um, um, you know, 19 is a higher number than nine. So we have to ask these questions, these very important questions, right? Um, um, it, it's all very important. So, um, Apollo was the god of light, and he was born from the goddess Leto, the goddess of night. These, these are all very important. Um, um, the, um, you know, nine was the hermit, wasn't he? The hermits traditionally were in the darkness in the cave. Um, and the hermits go to seek enlightenment. I don't. I don't think these things are accidental. Um, um, and we said when we were talking about the hermit that the old man on the bleak mountain in his cave, these were uh, attempting to study the illusion of reality. Uh, the inner self could only be reached through withdrawing. You had to withdraw. And but here, the truth has emerged, right? And the robed hermit has been transformed. He's thrown his robe off, and we see that the old man in the robe has been transformed into the naked child. The other half of 19 is 1, right? If you take 1 and 9 and add it together, it's 10, which produces the 1, and that's the magician. So you have the power of the magician, the wisdom of the hermit, all combined, stripped away into the Christ-like child. It all ties in. Or am I just crazy? I don't know. At any rate, we all benefit from it, don't we? The uh, the sun. The sun, the blinding light of the Christ consciousness. You know, pure love. The pure love, not the needy kind of love. Not the love we're talking about. We talked about Clyde. You know, did Clyde when she turned into a plant, finally get it? When Clyde turned into the sunflower, did she finally get it? I don't know. You know, she's still following her lover, you know, back and forth in the sky. Did she finally get it? I don't know. There's uh, um, other stories like that. Daphne, you know, the Apollo turned Daphne into a tree um, uh, to protect her from a rapist, um, he seemed to turn nymphs into plants quite a bit. Um, that seemed to be a thing with him. We've only got a minute. We'll try to come back next week with uh, Trump 20, ju Judgment. And oh boy, is that, a, is that a strange? Zombies. We have zombies in that card. So do come back. You know the Reverend loves you. And the Crystal Silence League is always here for you. If you need prayer and comfort and affirmation. Just let us know. Bye-bye.